Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. I'm Liz Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True Crime New England. What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you for joining us. We are always, always, always so happy to have you here. And this is a big one. Episode 95. We are dangerously creeping towards 100. Yes. As well as our two-year anniversary. Big things coming in the next couple weeks, you guys. We're so excited. We are so excited because we are planners. We have it all planned out, but that does not make it any less daunting. No. Yeah. Definitely not. Not no. at all. And just as easily as excitable Katie and I are, we wanted to share with you guys a great product that we think you guys should support if you haven't already. Basically, tonight, in between recording, Katie and I got Lexi's. It's a local burger place excellent food. They have milkshakes. God bless. Delicious. I was putting my milkshake in the freezer because I wanted it to be cold enough, you know? Katie put hers in the fridge, and in the fridge, what I noticed was a loaf, mostly gone, of Dave's Killer Bread. And I said to her, is that Dave's Killer Bread? And you said, yes. And I said, I fucking love that shit. It is the best bread there ever was. And Katie told me a fun fact that I had no idea about. And you guys may be thinking, Liz, shut the fuck up. It's bread. (laughs) But wait until you hear a little bit of this. So Dave of Dave's Killer Bread. Sure. Served time in prison for, it was armed robbery, burglary, assault. So he himself is an Mm ex-con. And after he got out of prison... I think it might have been the second or third time, honestly. He went back to his family's bread company and he worked with his brother, Glenn. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to change my life around. I really am going to dedicate myself to this. This is a family company. We're going to do it. And he made a specific kind of bread that it was like a cornmeal loaf or something. And so his brother was like, wow, this is killer, Dave. Let's call it Dave's killer bread. This is great. Dave never actually killed anybody. So just FYI, he's not actually a murderer, but the bread was killer. So it is. And also because Dave himself used to be a felon, he's a former felon. They are a proud second chance employer. I love that. And from their website, They say, we hire the best person for the job, regardless of criminal history. We have witnessed firsthand that someone's past does not define their future. And that sometimes giving someone a chance is all they need to become a good seed. Oh, Because their bread famously has seeds, grains. I was just telling Liz, the thing in my fridge, it's bagels. Yeah. And I'm from New York. I know a good bagel. Good. Very true. And I was just saying to my partner, Danny, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about bagels. And Danny was like... I love me a good bagel. I feel like after I eat one, I'm not full for a long time. And I said, 
let me put you on. Dave's Killer Breads are packed with, and this is not this is not a paid promotion. No, I'm dead serious. God, like, I wish it was. I could eat Dave's that shit Killer forever. Breads. Can we collaborate? Because Ugh. I could eat one of your products all day, every day. Like I shit literally, yeah. Go on, Katie. Fiber, whole grains, and I normally am not someone that will go for a whole grain product. No, me neither. Whole grains, protein in the everything bagels. There's like. 16 grams of protein in a bagel. So I will eat one and mm-hmm. I am energized yep. and full and satiated for Ugh, my day. It's and it's a damn good bagel. Yeah. And the fact that they hire people with criminal records, that is not something that most companies can say. Right. And the fact that Dave himself is someone that was able to get a second chance and give others a second chance and make a fucking phenomenal product. Yeah. Oh my God, all for it. I, inflation. Yes. Listen, do whatever you need to do. If if a pack of bagels is 20 bucks, I will be paying $21. Um, <laughs> they're that good. And I was telling you, Katie, before we were recording, I will literally, I am someone who wakes up frequently during the night and oftentimes I get like kind of hungry. So sometimes I'll have like candy, like junior mints or like Mike and Ike's that I can just like grab like two or three and just eat when I wake up and I'm like, I'm hungry. When I have Dave's killer bread literally in my house, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I'm hungry, I will take a piece out of the loaf and just eat it. It is so good without toasting it, without butter, without cream cheese, without, I literally just eat it. It is so good. Not to mention a grilled cheese on that fucker. Oh, perfect. Oh, man. And it's good for you. Very good for you. Truly. It is so good for you. And it just, I feel your pain though, Liz, with when I used to work overnights, I would wake up at 3 a.m. like, time for a five-course meal. Like, I'm so <laughs> And the bread does just the trick. Oh, my God. I'll just eat. I, this is the only loaf of bread I've ever eaten the end pieces. I'm serious. <laughs> this really makes it sound like I'm trying to like promote. I am. We're not making any money off of this. I just love this bread. And God, and you know, I, we really have worked to not have very long intros anymore and stupid, pointless intros, but man, I don't care what you guys think about this intro and bread because the bread, it's good. And it relates directly to true crime. Nailed it. It relates directly. Nailed it. Go to your local grocery store and purchase a pack of Dave's Killer Bread today. (laughs) They have bagels. They have loaves of bread. They have thin sliced bread. They even have English muffins. So check it out at your local Hannaford Stop and Shop Market Basket. Those are the most local ones I know. So, yeah. Speaking of bread, our case today has literally not even a mention of bread. But nothing. There's no, I couldn't come up with a better segue. So our case today is pretty sad. And like Dave's Killer Bread is the doctor of bread. Our story involves the murder of two doctors. So maybe that connects. No. It's based in Massachusetts, and that is where Dave, of Dave's Killer Bread, served at least part of one of his prison sentences. It all comes together. Listen, guys. Full circle. Bread. What I've understood from this conversation is bread equals life. Bread equals death. Bread, Massachusetts? Bread? True crime New England? Anyway, with all that being said, on a more serious note, this 
case is pretty sad and very interesting in the regards of the story coming from the murderer himself and just the scene that was displayed for the police. And it's just very, it's very brutal. It's sad, but it's very interesting. I recommend sticking around. Yeah, it's a good one for sure. And actually, it was suggested to us anonymously. Thank you, Anonymous. Dun-dun. Recovering the case you suggested. And you know what? As a result, you win Dave's Killer Bread. Just kidding. So if you come forward, wink, and claim it, wink, we'll give you bread. I'm just kidding. And without further ado, today we will be covering the Penthouse Double Murders. Okay, Katie, hit me with your sources for this case. I would love to. Thank you. I have CNN Times 2. Me as well. Wow. Look at that. We're good. We're too good. Listen. (laughs) The Daily Beast, NBC Boston, Boston Globe, and Boston.com. I wonder where today's case takes place. Hmm. Couldn't tell you. New Jersey? Just kidding. That's not a part of New England. Liz, come on. Anyway, my sources today. ABC 57, NBC Boston, I hate to say it, but Fox 11, Los Angeles, MassCases.com, Boston 25 News, those two articles from CNN, and an article from The Guardian. So let me introduce you guys to the main characters of this awful story. Richard Field was born in Hammersmith, London, and graduated from the University of Sheffield, their medical school, in 1999. It's unclear when, but at some point, Richard found himself in America practicing medicine. In 2010, now a doctor, Dr. Field began working at the North Shore Pain Management Center. He pretty much, he helped found this pain management clinic. He was an anesthesiologist. Described as a guiding vision and a valued member of the medical community, Dr. Field was known to be an extreme patient advocate who could be credited with immense care and compassion. Wow. Which is fantastic. You want a doctor who's a patient advocate. For sure. Absolutely. Especially in a pain clinic where people are coming in with chronic pain and they're so used to being dismissed or, yeah, okay, I don't believe you. Just take Tylenol, whatever. Right. That's incredible. Yeah. Dr. Field was engaged to another doctor, fellow anesthesiologist, Dr. Lena Bolaños. An immigrant from Colombia, Dr. Bolaños was also well-loved in the community. She was a pediatric anesthesiologist, which has got to be hard. The me- the measurements you have to make for like a standard adult and now shrinking that and doing the math for a child or an infant is very difficult. She worked at Massachusetts Eye and Ear as well as being an instructor at Harvard Medical School, which is fantastic. She was described as being compassionate as well as being very loved and an excellent colleague. The pair had been living in South Boston on an 11th floor penthouse suite, which sounds awesome. When you're two anesthesiologists, absolutely you live in a penthouse. Anesthesiologists make the most money. They make an obscene amount of money, which honestly, totally fair. You want the person who is in charge of sedating you with crazy medications To be well-paid and well-taken care of. Absolutely. They deserve every penny. They are doing hard... As someone who watches people get epidurals quite frequently, yeah, they are doing the hard shit. 
and watching C-sections where their patients are awake and testing them. Like, can you feel this? Can you like, that is some serious stuff. Also talk about a power couple, right? Talk about a power couple. Absolutely. On May 5th, 2017, a friend of the two doctors received a text message that there was a gunman in their building. Phone records later showed that someone had called 911 eight times from Richard's phone, all of the calls lasting no longer than two seconds. That's terrifying. So that is frantic. Yeah. The friend who was texted about the gunman notified police at 8.38 p.m., and just 10 minutes later, law enforcement arrived on scene and approached the unit the doctors lived in to find a set of keys outside the door. That's ominous. Police announced their presence, and when they didn't hear anything, they used the set of keys to enter. Police entered, found a man with what they thought was a gun, and fired shots. They hit the gunman in the leg, hand, and abdomen. Once police were able to further survey the scene, they found the two doctors with their throats slit, lying in a pool of their own blood. Yeah, it was a gruesome scene. Once police fired shots at this silhouette that they could see in the darkness that appeared to be holding a gun... The figure kept trying to get away. They were crawling on their knees to the door when finally the police apprehended him and had him down on the floor handcuffed. It was then when this perpetrator, now fully seen, smiled at them and informed the police, quote, there's dead bodies. He also told the police that there was an, a sniper and that they all, quote, were going to die. After he threatened the police with a sniper, the man begged to be killed. He also exclaimed something along the lines of, they killed my wife. The strange man, who was clearly the perpetrator, was taken to the hospital and treated for his gunshot wounds. He refused to reveal his name, his birthday, his address, anything. And now the police were with the perpetrator, locked and safe in the hospital, and now they were looking at the scene in front of them. A bloody massacre. The two doctors had their hands bound with duct tape behind their backs, and they also found a backpack full of their jewelry, as well as a replica of a gun and other items. There were also messages scrawled and graffitied on the walls. The words payback and he killed my wife were written out in large letters, and police also found photos of the couple that had been vandalized, marked, and crossed out. Ridiculous. That is crazy. Very crazy. Unhinged immediately. Yeah. So as far as the bodies go, Dr. Field, known for his pain management practice, was on the floor near the main bedroom, while Dr. Bolaños, highly regarded pediatric anesthesiologist, was found on the floor of the second bedroom. Dr. Field had one single stab wound to his neck, as well as tiny abrasions around his right ear and near his mouth and nose. His carotid artery, which is a major blood vessel, was cut almost completely in half. Once examined by the medical examiner, it was later discovered that Dr. Field had swallowed nearly 100 cc's of blood, implying that he suffocated on his own blood. That makes me nauseous to even think about. Wow. Very, very sad. Dr. Bolaños had a much more vicious attack, if you can believe it. She had 24 sharp injuries on her neck. This included two that completely severed her jugular veins, which are, all, it's also a major blood vessel. Three of those wounds also hit her vertebrae. And those five wounds together would be fatal, for sure. And that's what the medical examiner concluded. 
She also noticeably had more than one hemorrhage in her scalp, and her body was covered with bruises. This included bruises on her left eye, her forehead, her right breast, both wrists, and both legs, as well as the fingers of her right hand. Also of note of Dr. Bolognius's body was that her pants had been unzipped and pulled down, while both sides of the underwear she was wearing had been cut. She also had duct tape in her hair, as well as pieces of her necklace. Her jacket and the blouse she had been wearing that same day was found in the main bedroom closet, and they too had duct tape on them. Also in the hallway, the police found boots, a baseball hat, a knit hat, a bloodstained reflective shirt, and a large knife. They also discovered a drawstring bag that was full of a rubber mask, duct tape with hair on it, clumps of hair separately, a folding knife, wire cutters, a sleep mask, a fake beard, scissors, a BB gun, and two bank cards that belonged to both of the victims. In the kitchen, the police found another large knife that had a reddish-brown stain, which we can assume was blood. It had some hair on it, and there was also a wallet that clearly belonged to Dr. Bolaños. The gunman was finally identified as 30-year-old Bampuman Tejera, who used to work as a concierge at the building briefly, very briefly, where the couple had lived. He had the audacity to tell police that he was not guilty, and he was actually having an affair with Lena. This man is crazy. He said that Richard walked in on them kissing, stabbed Lena brutally to death out of rage, and Bampuman killed Richard in self-defense. From his hospital bed, recovering from his gunshot wounds, he told police, quote, it was hell. That was the worst experience of my life. Fucking shut up. He then went on to tell police that Richard, quote, felt betrayed and became enraged. He stabbed her right in front of me. He then told police that he feared for his own life, and he stated, quote, I'm not sorry. A jealous man is the worst thing ever. What I saw with my own eyes was crazy. This guy is literally not so. I'm sure it was crazy what you saw with your own eyes because you were the one inflicting all of that. Right. I call bullshit. What? Absolutely. And if you heard about this guy compared to Dr. Lena Bolaños, a very successful, beautiful, active woman, there's no fucking way. He said he they had met when he was a concierge at their building and they fell in love and Dr. Bolaños told him you know, sneak into the building whenever you want and have a visit with me. Here's usually his hours. He works when he's not here. Come visit. We'll kiss. We'll smooch. And that their affair had been going on for months. Immediately no. Immediately no. Like, just the fact alone that she's an anesthesiologist, way out of your league, bro. Right. Way out of your league. Looks. She's got it all. She's beautiful. She has got it all. And so does Dr. Field. They're right. a perfect match. And I'm sorry, Mr. Tajera, you have nothing. Nothing. In fact, you know what he had? Just gotten out of jail. The June before this incident, he had passed a note to a bank teller in Boston demanding money. He was later sent to jail for larceny. And he actually got out of jail right before the murders. So all this man had was nothing but a criminal record and maybe three brain cells. And they all were like, bah, bah. It was, he didn't, he was so mentally ill. 
I think is very obvious from this story. He concocts. Deranged. Absolutely. In fact, that night of the murders, Bampumim claims that Dr. Bolaños had informed him that her fiancé was busy, out of the house, and that the two lovers would have several hours together. He also claimed that his lover confided in him, saying her fiancé had been beating her and that their engagement wasn't even real. It was a sham. It was just for financial reasons. For financial reasons? She's an anesthesiologist. She doesn't need extra financial reasons. They make like $250,000 a year. At least. She's fine. So, Bampuma needs to get his story straight. Like you said, Katie, Dr. Field, supposedly, according to Bampuman, came in on the pair kissing. He caught his fiancé kissing another man. And so he became pissed off, began to punch her in the eyes, he said, and then followed by grabbing knives and beating her over and over. He says this is when Dr. Field informed both of them that he was going to kill them both, and then all of a sudden he procured a gun and pointed the gun at Bampuman. Oh, this is already very believable, sir. Dr. Bolaños, apparently, according to his account, begged her sham of fiancé to not hurt her. Dr. Field supposedly started to stab her, and then her secret lover attempted to try and help her, but he too received a knife swinging to his person. Bampuman says that now Dr. Field procured chemicals from the bathroom and started to pour it on him. What? So now he's running back and forth in the bathroom. He randomly has a gun. Okay. At this point, Bampuman had locked himself into the bathroom in defense because now he was having a knife swung at him. He then started to hear running water from the other side of the door. My question is, you're in the bathroom. Naturally, Bampuman's first thought was that Dr. Field was going to attempt to drown him by running water outside of the bathroom? I don't understand. Suddenly, Dr. Field had procured a key, and he fought his way inside. He carried a small knife and also had the gun now. They fought and they fought, but Bampuman was able to grab Dr. Field's head and smash it into a wall. He then took hold of the knife, found handcuffs, and handcuffed Dr. Field, and then acted in self-defense as the doctor kicked him and managed to get him on the ground. Naturally, this is how Dr. Field managed to get his carotid severed in half. And you might be asking about the crime scene and why there was all this stuff around. Well, you may remember Katie mentioned a backpack full of jewelry in the hallway. Well, Bampuman was quick to say, yeah, that was me. And he said... This is ver not verbatim, but he said along the lines of, well, they're dead, so why couldn't I have some of the jewelry? That was his reasoning. Before he left, Bampuman realized that Dr. Field had covered his fiance's body with those chemicals from the bathroom that he had sprayed on Bampuman. So he was thinking, oh, this is was to get away with murder. His thought was, he actually said this to the police, because... He, being Bampuman, was smart, and, quote, because when someone kills, you have to do the same thing to them, an eye for an eye, Bampuman poured chemicals on Dr. Field's body. And that's why both of them had chemicals all over their body, right? It's because he saw the doctor do it to his fiance, and so, well, I'm going to do it to you, too. Justice for my girl, what he said. And here's what I'm thinking. He's saying all of this from a hospital bed. Yep. Like, okay, you're in the hospital because the police shot you because you 
were the gunmen inside of this couple's room. Mm -hmm. Where is the knife wound to your person that you supposedly sustained in the fight? Right. Where are the chemical burns that you sustained when the doctor supposedly dumped them on you? Right. Like, let's go through your medical record that's right next to you on your hospital bed over the bed table. Right. Because you're in the hospital. Right. Because you were shot by police. Three times. For breaking into the couple's apartment and slitting their fucking throats. Right. You don't think that... How are you going to spew lies and have them be so blatantly untrue? Like, how are you going to say, oh, this person stabbed me and dumped chemicals on me? Like, okay, let's peel back your Johnny and take a look. Oh, darn, there's none of that. That's my question, too. Obviously, there was a lot of holes in his story from, like you said, where's his wounds from this alleged attack? Where are the chemicals? Blah, blah, blah. What was his logic in explaining that he heard running water outside of the bathroom? Like, where was the running water? He was in where there was a shower and a sink. And you think Dr. Field is outside the door running water? Like, he got a hose? Like, there's no... This man is insane. And as a result, he killed two very innocent, well-respected people. It's ridiculous. And then he's sitting there with literal evidence... All over the apartment, all over him. And he's like, no, we were lovers. We loved each other. Right. I worked as a concierge at the building for five minutes. And I loved her. And I loved her, he said. Yes. He was just trouble. And obviously that can be evidenced by his criminal record, but also just his account in the mm-hmm. brutality of the murder. And it clearly was very personal because of how... Both of the doctors were murdered. I mean, Richard had a single knife wound, his throat slit. Yeah. Lena stabbed, what, 24 times? Yeah. Brutally. She had five stab wounds that all contributed to her dying. Right. Just the brutality towards her and him convincing himself that he had a secret forbidden relationship and he was her secret lover. And he clearly developed a very unhealthy psychological attraction to her in the five minutes he worked as a concierge. Right. Because they must have interacted maybe one time, if that. Right. But he saw her from afar and he clearly knew the apartment in which she lived. Sorry, the penthouse condo. Right. Reframe that. Right. She's a successful, beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. And he developed this whole narrative in his head that he was justified in doing so because that was his wife. And he wrote, he killed my wife. He's referring to her. He's referring to her. Yeah. And the pictures that were found at the crime scene that were scrawled and crossed off and all of this, I bet you most of that was him scrawling out. Richard. Absolutely, it was. Yep. Absolutely. Just evil. And it almost seems like, and we've seen this before with, like, celebrities. Yeah. Almost, and, I mean, other true crime cases. It kind of reminds me of, along the lines, if I can't have her, nobody can. Yep. I bet you he was stalking her before this incident. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I really have no doubt that he was. Since the moment he saw her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In December of 2019, Van Poomen was put to trial for the double murder 
of the two very well-loved anesthesiologists. He, of course, entered a plea of not guilty. Because he wasn't. It was his wife. Like, come on. During his trial, Bampuman was erratic and he constantly acted out, including screaming and threatening the members of the court. He had to be physically removed from the courtroom. I saw video footage of this. Mm -hmm. Not once, twice. Yeah. For being belligerent, absolutely atrocious behavior, disrespectful to the family members of the people he murdered in the courtroom trying to see their loved ones get justice. Yeah. On the first occasion, he threatened to attack the prosecutor's wife and told him, quote, you better hope I never get out of jail. Okay, threat. Yeah. On the second occasion, he was making comments towards the victim's loved ones, and he was taunting them directly. And he said, quote, you want to know his last words? That would have made me, I would have crawled over the banister and started pummeling the shit out of this kid. I was going to say, I would have been all up in his face, punching Attacking in the blink of an eye. I would not even consider or care about the contempt of court charges. And how is that not an admission of guilt? (laughs) Right? Right there, he says it. Insanity. Medical examiner Richard Atkinson said that Lena suffered, as we already know, 24 stab wounds, but he reports that they were incised, which means that the wound was longer than it is deep. Mm. Like slashes, really. Yes. As Richard was giving this testimony, Lena's mom, who was in the courtroom, broke down in tears when she heard how brutally her daughter was murdered. Yeah. Autopsy showed that Lena also suffered multiple blunt force injuries with significant injuries to her face and head. And Richard, in a striking difference, died from a single fatal stab wound to the neck, as we discussed. It's obvious whose was the victim here. Mm Mm-hmm. Both Lena and Richard also had injuries from where they were bound with their hands behind their back. The medical examiner also wasn't able to determine specific times of death or even who passed away first. And he also wasn't able to determine what kind of knife specifically was used. Right. And I think it's interesting, too, that he couldn't determine who died first. And that is probably the only thing that could even kind of give credit to Bampoomen's story, and I mean very little, mm-hmm. because this is, he could argue that Dr. Bolaños was killed first, and then he killed Dr. Field in self-defense. He could argue that because of the lack of timeline for their deaths, but we all know that that didn't happen anyways, so it's like, okay. Bampoomen's defense attorney, Stephen Sack, argued that there was no video, audio, or credible scientific evidence to give proof that his client had killed the couple. Well. There's actually plenty of scientific evidence, but sure. No, yeah, sure. It was also during this time, it was also during the trial that it was discovered that Dr. Field had sent several text messages to a family friend of the couple. Matthias Heidenrich had received multiple frantic text messages, such as call 111, which was 911 autocorrected, mm. gunman, and a text message that just said, serious. How chilling. Oh, my God. Very chilling. Just so awful. And obviously, along with the 911 calls that all eight of them lasted no longer than two seconds, Mm -hmm. these text messages are sent so 
frantically. Like he does not have time to type out the whole story of what's going on. He is just frantically trying to relay this information in hopes that Matthias understands him and gets help. Right. And he did. Thank God. He did. He was the one who alerted police, Mm -hmm. which is amazing of that man. He, you know, he did everything he could. During the trial, a phone call to 911 was played, which you could hear Dr. Bolaños's voice. Perhaps due to what was going on, Dr. Bolaños's voice was muffled, and when she could no longer answer the operator, the operator hung up. They claimed it was because they were not getting any response from the caller, so they thought, okay, and they hung up. Had they not hung up, maybe someone would have gotten there in time. Wow. Yeah. Are they allowed to do that? You should be charged for something like that. I I don't think anything happened to this 911 operator. I feel like they maybe should look for a different career path. I think they maybe should too. And maybe they should feel an intense amount of guilt. Holy fuck. Yeah. Prosecutor stated that Tejero entered the building's garage at about 4 p.m. to wait for both of the doctors to come home. He had in his backpack a combat-style knife, several fake guns, duct tape, pliers, and a multitude, multitude of other objects that Liz, you had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Lena had gotten home first, followed by Richard about an hour later. Shortly after Richard arrived home, this is when the 911 calls were made and Richard had texted Matthias. As part of the trial, the jury had actually went to the condo where the murders took place. How devastating. Oh my god, I know. To be able to just listen in court and hear the testimonies and the breakdown of this happened in this room, this happened over here, and then to go and set foot in the actual place and be able to piece it together, that's awful. Very sad. In the end, it took the jury only eight hours to reach a verdict, which is very quick. Now, 33 years old at the time of the trial, Bampuman was found guilty of the murders of both doctors, as well as home invasion, kidnapping, and armed robbery. He received two consecutive life sentences for the murder charges, as well as 25 years for armed robbery, 20 years for home invasion, and at least nine years for kidnapping. So, bye-bye forever. Bye-bye for life, bucko. Yeah. All for a fake affair you had in your brain, in just your brain, and then you killed two innocent people. Two doctors. Yeah. Come on. Two people that were actively saving lives, making such an incredible difference in patients' lives. Like, so important. Yeah. 100%. What a waste of human life, this Mm -hmm. man. Ridiculous. Guys, please, we know this case was pretty rough. Tell us what you think. Do you think there's any truth to his story? If you do... Maybe listen again and then come back to it. Just kidding. But this man, he's crazy. And regardless, we do want to know your thoughts. You can send us a message on our Instagram or Twitter at truecrimeny. All lowercase. Or you can hit us up with an email at our email address, which would be truecrimeny at gmail.com. We, of course, have a website, truecrimeny.com. You could go to our Contact Us page where you can send us your thoughts on this case, other cases we have covered. You can be anonymous if you so choose. You can leave your name if you so choose. You could send us cases based in New England, please. And if you send us a case based in New England, please, and we decide to cover it like we did today, we will give you a shout out. If you want to be anonymous, you will anonymously get a shout out. And you know who you are, who suggested it to us today. So thank you so much. Thank you. 
If you want to head over to Spotify, if you are a Spotify listener and leave us a star rating, that would be phenomenal. If you're more of an Apple podcast kind of listener and you use that platform, you also have that option. You could leave us a star rating and or a written review. We love to hear you guys' thoughts, comments, feedback that way. And yeah, honestly, even if you do none of those things, you are here right now and you are listening and we could not ask more of you guys. We appreciate you so much. More than you'll ever know. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.